Daniel, another defeat away from home against a top side. I think Ten Hag's record against the top 10 away from home is something like eight defeats now and however many games it is, it's not good. No, it isn't. I mean, Van Gaal's was all right, though. So I, I wouldn't... I think the fact that we lost this game is not massively related to the fact that we lost City a year ago, I don't think. So I'm not going to... I want to look at this game in the context of what happened in it and what's happened immediately before it and where we think we might go after it. Yeah. Rather than, I mean, this, we're reading all this shit about all these games that we keep losing. And I'm not saying it's not a problem that I trust these players to suddenly stop doing this. But when you look at this particular game, you can make a long fucking list of shit that contributed to us losing. For sure. And I don't think that our inability to go and play and see out these kind of games was that much to do with it. So, and I tell you, however bad you think you're feeling, and obviously there'll be quite a lot of poorly, a lot of, a lot of poorly sentiments. I was, I was watching the game and it, we're playing the last few minutes and I've got the tennis on at the same time because I'm working on the tennis. And um, one of my mates, he listens to the pod, Calv, is a tennis coach. And the lad that he coaches is playing in the last, he's a kid, he's playing in his first last 16 match in the US Open. He's playing right. in the doubles. And I just had this feeling, Calves are red, and I just was like, oh my God, what happens? It's gone to a super tiebreak in the third set. What happens if they lose the tiebreak and we fuck this up? And both of those things happen. Oh, so, Calv, if you're listening, I love you, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and, and everyone else, however bad you're feeling, I promise you, Cal feels worse than you. So if there's some kind of solace you can take in that, then yeah. please do. I mean, it is true that United shipping six at City and however many it was at Brentford and Brighton and so on has no relation to this game. It is just also true that there is a pattern. United are unable to control games late in the game away from home. And that did happen to some extent. Now, of course, this game was totally lost in the details. It was lost because Garnacho's fingernail was offside and Johnny Evans got blocked off and Anana didn't get across his goal quick enough and nobody picked Martin Odegaard up. And those are the important details that will lose, win or lose you games, of course. But Arsenal built up ahead of steam because United could control the ball in in the centre. Yes, of the park, although so. I think I think if you look at the, the players that were missing by the time this happened, I felt yeah. like in sort of before about eighty minutes, even before Garnacho scored, I thought we probably more likely to, to pinch it. But I think we would have all taken a point, much as we wouldn't really want to admit to ourselves, we'd probably have taken a point before this. But once you've got Maguire and Evans are your centre-backs, and you've lost Lindelof, Martinez, Varane, and even Shaw, who would have played, in the, who can play in the back four, and Malassia, then it, it's not that surprising that what happened happened. I mean, start from the beginning, I guess. It felt, you know, like sometimes it feels a bit early in the year for these kind of games. It's not meant to be sunny when United go away to us. And I remember it reminded me just before the game, do you remember the one under Van Gaal? Where we go there, I think Blind is one of the centre backs, and some other slow bastard is the other one. Three 0 <laughs> down after about ten minutes. It it sort of reminded me just the, the feeling before the game reminded me a bit of that one. Looking at the team, I don't know. Did Tenas say anything? I, I, I missed his interview about Hoyland because I didn't before the game. I, I after mean, the game, before I just 
a bit, either or, just because it felt yeah. to me like if he's fit to play an hour, then I said this the other day, you start him and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Because he did cause um, havoc when he came on, yeah. Oh, my God. A centre forward, a centre forward. I know. Big bastard Someone number who, nine. Like, runs and holds it up and gets physical with defenders. It's just, I was watching him thinking, what the fuck is this? <laughs> magic, magic, yeah. For, for sure, he caused so many problems. And Martial, although Ten Hag praised Martial after the game, I was just like, I don't buy that. I don't buy it at all. I mean, he he was he's half a lot, well, half a yard, more than half a yard slower than he used to be. I know that's not actually a measure of speed, <laughs> <laughs> except in football. It's like a parsec in Star Wars, isn't it? You know, it's, a, it's yeah, all wrong. Right, time, a... time is measured in minutes and characteristics are measured in profiles and all the rest of it. <laughs> so I, he's just not sharp anymore, Martial. Like, he's not the player he once was it hasn't been for many many years and having a real number nine there is going to make such a difference and he he what he caused havoc when he came on the fact that he could hold the ball up the fact that you know he's quick and he can go in behind that suddenly a defender has to think about two more problems than they had to think about with Martial on the pitch and and that'll be great it's just what it wasn't enough today because by the time he was on Casemiro and Eriksen were absolutely treading water. I thought United would go direct at the end, and they probably should have done. And like instead of actually trying to play the ball through midfield where they kept losing it, just pump it over the top. And there's nothing wrong with doing that when the game demands it. And instead, we try to play from the back still with Maguire and Evans in there through midfield and, and to the front. And it worked brilliantly for the goal, of course. The goal that was not a goal. <laughs> Garnacho's non-goal. But it's just so much pressure, so much pressure. And and with the defenders we had in there, I guess it was totally inevitable that we would concede that second at some point. Third doesn't count. Obviously, United throwing everyone forward. (laughs) I mean, I thought they got a bit lucky as well. Just the fact that Partey was injured probably helped them. That Actually, they had a back four. It's all very well playing in that particular way against some teams. If you want to leave Partey marking Rashford, all the best. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it felt like they they got a bit lucky with that. It's one of the things about Arsenal that didn't exactly give me consolation because they're not going to challenge City. But how good they think they are versus how good they actually are is the difference is fucking chasmic. And I was sort of thinking that at the end, like Dempton Rice, you think you're going to win the league, don't you? You, you do. No, mate, you're not. And they're definitely I, I buying into their own hype. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the way Arteta celebrated like it was a title win. I mean, I talked guess... about conquering his wife. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, but that guy is not conquering anything or anyone. That, that was feet tall and little trousers. <laughs> Tiny little balls, yeah. They'd have to be getting into those. That was a, a, a response to a question about Kai Havertz, who said he had to, it took me a while to conquer my wife. I, I, I'm just going to put that down to bad English, although he's obviously been in the country. I was wondering years. if there's a verb. I was wondering if there's a verb in Spanish that means something similar. I don't Might know. Might be. <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah. No, I, I mean, I mean, for, for sure they had, they, they were able to, like, because United don't press from the front, it doesn't matter. I mean, Ten Hag's been here a year and a bit now and they've never done it. He keeps talking about it, but they never do it. So, and they can't with Martial there because they will only ever press with two. Uh, and so it's easy to play around them because Arsenal could press United and United couldn't, they turned over the ball all of the time. And we're just under so much pressure. And that, that midfield, even if Kai Havertz is a weird fit in there, they still had a man more than us 
all the time. And sometimes too, because Zinchenko inverts, obviously played sort of in, in that central area a lot of the time, which Dallo did on the other side, but to much less effect. I think it's on him though. He played well. I tell you, you laughed at me. I laughed. I laughed at myself when I said that Saka coming in on on his good side might might have might be helpful. And I thought Saka wasn't really in the game. I thought that's probably Dallo's best game for United actually. I did find um, defensively, yeah, going forward. Not I much, guess. But. I think that also though, watching the game, and it feels ill to say that I thought that was probably our best performance of the season in some ways and you can see that when you add the players who aren't playing into that 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 could be a good team and it is is frustrating that we managed managed to lose that because I think what we talked about at the beginning of the season I mean I I said what I was hoping for was just I hope that I didn't think we'd win the league I didn't think we'd necessarily come very close to winning the league but I hope we might be able to stay with the leaders for a bit and (laughs) <laughs> that didn't look like it. Well, we're, we're, we're six points off already, aren't we? So it's yes, yeah. yeah we 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 haven't and we won't. And it's kind of what one of those things is just that is like despicable about supporting a football team is when you see your own team's failures and shortcomings, giving the team that you're playing a proper kick up the ass. We did it. Yeah. To, we gave it to Tottenham. Tottenham would not be where they are now if we hadn't just let them win that game. And yeah. we're just we've just done to Arsenal. At least there's something in it for us if Arsenal are good, in theory, but it just doesn't yeah, they're not they're not going to be good enough. But it felt I mean we we started quite shakily, but sort of after the first twenty, I thought thought we played okay and played reasonably well in the second half. But are you worried about Casemiro? Yeah, I think he's I'm very worried about him physically. He dies off in games. I mean, he's not had a good start to the season. He didn't have a good end to last season either after he came back. And and physically, he looks well under par. I mean, a lot of them do. I mean, And, and I, I can't say for certain, but something feels off about pre-season. It was just such a weird pre-season. Eight games, seven, if you account for the fact that the Wrexham game was uh, just the reserves, and so was the first one, really. But hardly any of them played many 90 minutes. Felt like and not together into, either, and or, or together, right? I, I mean, United will have made forty million pounds out of the summer. All these games, right? They made they make a lot of money in appearance fees from these games. That's why they do it. That's why they travel to four different countries or whatever it was to play these games. Uh, but it didn't. It doesn't feel like they're well prepared, and I, I can't say for certain that that is why United are getting a load of injuries, but. United getting a load of injuries. Shaw, Malassia, Mainu, Ferran, all out for weeks. Right, Mainu is of a contact. Mine, mine, that's yeah. not underplayed. Someone, someone fell on him. And I think, I think that Shaw's, Shaw's was related Muscle to injury. the injury. Yeah, yeah but with the injury that he had. But it's not even so. I wouldn't finger the injuries so much as the lack of fitness, which we're seeing now, how much better they were able to play today. But also, I know he's Mount's injured now. But if you signed a new player, why are you not playing him with the players that he's going to be playing as often as possible for as long as possible so that they can strike up an understanding? I mean, yeah, it was, we keep talking about it. It was very weird. And obviously, so classic United to sign Amrabat, Glazer, Glazer United anyway, to sign Amrabat, but too late for him to play him to in play. the game. Yeah. One, one of very few games for which you're really going to need him. Right. Unless he right. replaces Casemiro, which 
doesn't look too far-fetched because what you said about Casemiro blowing out his ass at the end of the game, he did fuck all in the first half as well today, really. So, I think... Yeah. Uh, his best is... moment was when he grabbed Rasmus Hoyland and gave him a good, like, come on. I uh, <laughs> love that. But, uh, yeah, physically, physically, he's just, he's fucked. I mean, and maybe he's just not fit and he needs more games, but it doesn't look good, I have to say. And it's... Uh, <laughs> We're not signing another sixty million pound midfielder in the, in the winter window to replace him, so he's got to get fit and and it's got to work. And there's no other option. I mean, I think that physically, Amrabat. Sorry, I'm going to sit near the microphone again. Apologies, everyone. I think physically, Amrabat is more able to cover the width of the pitch than he, he will is. do. So, yeah. So probably you can get away with much more easily with Amrabat playing with Mount and Bruno. Otherwise, it's going to have to be, I think. In most games, two, two of Casemiro, Amrabat, and Mainu, depending on how all of them do. And, but it's just, there was that, it felt like they, I thought we defended the box quite well, even when we were under the, under the cushion the first yeah, half. Yeah, all they, those crosses that came many, in defended them well. Yeah. yeah. And Wambisaka's actually starting to get all right at defending the back post. He still yeah. doesn't offer much going forward. And, on which point, I've seen Anthony getting slagged off online. And I might see this differently to other people. To me, in the first half, particularly in the first 30, the only way we could really get the pre- we could release some of the pressure was giving him the ball. Him. Yeah. He always wants the ball. He's not scared yeah. to take it in any position. He can hold the ball. I want more goals. I want more assists. But let's see how he does with a centre forward, with a settled midfield of better of, of players. Of whether whoever it is, whoever the first choice midfield comes to be, a midfield that allows us to dominate games and gets him on the ball more often. But and I think we saw Ten Hag must have thought that as well because he's usually the first one to go off. But he played almost the whole game, and actually when he went off was I don't know if it was a coincidence. But it happened against Forest as well, which might have also had yeah, something to do with some Bruno control, going yeah. with Bruno going on the right. We stuck they they we lost we lost a bit of control of the game. So I do want better numbers for Anthony. We probably did overpay for him. But the yeah. idea that not enough goal in the skulls and assists mean he's not contributing to the team is fucking rubbish. And yeah, also, I agree. If he had a good right, if he had a better right back behind him as well, we'd also see more from him. So I was actually, I thought today was an encouraging performance from him. I want to see more against the less good teams as well, where he should be scoring, he should be creating. But with a target now, I don't see any reason why we won't get better productivity out of him. It might not be enough, yeah, but it should be better at least. No, I, I agree. It, the, the ability to play the ball into him and it sticks and he carries it is it's really important. And I, I do think Ten Hag wants to play with a runner like Rashford and someone who offers a bit more control on the right like Anthony. I'm not that worried about him. Of course, yeah, you're right. More productivity needed, but uh, if the productivity can come from elsewhere, that's okay. The team can carry it. I'm worried about other things much more than that. Worried about the number of injuries, uh, our ability after the, all these injuries. Uh, like Lindelof was ill, apparently, so at least he's not injured. Lissandra Martinez has a foot in- injury. Rafael Varane is out for weeks, if not months. United's ability to play in the way that Ten Hag wants, building out from the back through midfield, is very, very much dependent on having these players in place. And if they're not, we're going to really struggle. So, Well, I think, yeah, M- Martinez apparently is all right. Okay. Left, like with no crutches, no boo, is apparently going to join up with Argentina. So I think 
the, the whatever the news that we've seen is, is that he's okay. And he he's much more crucial to the build-up than Varane. Where Varane is helpful, particularly is winning headers, because we are a team of short asses. Reguilon is not going to do jack shit in the air if when, no. when he if, if when he plays. Amrabat's not great in the air either. Um, so, and I mean, also had a lot of corners today. We defended almost all of them, apart from the last the one. one at the end, which yeah. was it was a bit unfortunate the way the ball went in. But at the same time, we've left a big fucker unmarked. And- Left him unmarked, and then Evans wasn't strong enough to get round the player who was holding him off. I, I, I mean, I've seen a few people say it was a foul. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think there's enough there for a foul. Evans just got to push the fucker out of the way and get to it. He, he just wasn't quick enough. He's a 35 year old played in a relegation team last season. I mean, he's an emergency signing or something. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, the problem with the defenders ultimately is we did try to sell Maguire. He wouldn't go, but yeah. I don't think it. That line of argument stops there because we could have paid him and he would have gone. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, and then and, and then you might say, well, we've got an FFP situation, but then similarly you might say the owners could easily resolve that, but they won't. Well, you don't so, have an FFP situation if you sell the player, even if no, you have no, to pay what, him off. So that, I mean, it's but the it's amount an, of money that they is it not? Sorry, sorry, is it not the case that you could give proper give it up? The amount of money that. We, we needed to get a replacement in for Maguire. It meant that he had to be sold for a certain amount. And if we paid him off, that cuts into what we can then go and spend. That's all true. That's all true. Yes. Um, so if you, so, wanted to, if you wanted to sign a replacement that wasn't a loan or something like that, they, uh, at, a, at a reasonable fee, yes. I mean, United would have got the fee and got his wages off the books and got the FFP charge off the books as well for this year coming, not last year. And so it may be last year that's the real, the before June the 1st that was the real problem. I'm not sure, although the way they behaved late in the window suggested it was also this year that's the problem. But uh, you get a double saving, obviously, with the wages and the amortisation charge. But I, I, the numbers didn't add up. They've kept him... It, doesn't look awesome to keep a player for five games a year, but hey. It does not look yeah. awesome. No one's ever accused Harrods Maguire of looking awesome. <laughs> no, but just the state of his barnet when he came on, just even that was just like, he's just like that lummox at school. He's a bit unclean. His shirts are always for front walls. Like just that kind of individual. And I mean, we didn't lose that game because of him. But again, Maguire still being the United is a glazer situation because almost any other owner in the league would have said, here's 10 million quid or whatever it needs to be. Get rid of him and go and get your player. And yeah. the, glazers did not, the Glazers did not say that. And what's mad is we've seen the players that we've bought over the last two summers. Most of them are good players who get us there. And then he's still, think about what we still need. And it's a fucking lot. Feels it, like it, doesn't lot. it? Yeah, we need yeah. At least one more. We need another midfield player. Yeah. Even if we keep Amrabat, maybe one more. We need. We absolutely must have a striker. Another striker. Another one. Yeah, yeah. A right back and a centre back. And in terms of centre back, we probably need two in the end. We need Varane's replacement, then we need a new third choice because Lindelof, Maguire, away. Yeah. It's a, it, it is a hard one when you look at £400 million spent under Ten Hag and you go, well, probably need to spend that again in order to get anywhere near challenging for a title. And, and probably that doesn't happen because uh, the Glazers have not once put equity in 
they have actually paid down some of the credit cards. So I, I think when we see the latest financial results, their revolving credit facility will not be as high as it once was. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but we don't have the players revolving to challenge. Credit, yeah. I know Just it's awesome, isn't it? That we've got to talk about revolving credit facility on a football podcast is an absolute state of affairs. Oh, well, look, let's, let's think about the things that we, we have to talk about on this podcast these days. Apart from the game, we've got to talk about debt and finances. We've got to consent. talk about geo, geopolitics. We've got to talk about what consent means and whether it's all right to beat your girlfriend up, you know? So it's just, it's, on which it's, point, I mean, I would not have taken that bumper 11 shirt if I was on either, but I don't think. In, yeah, interesting choice, yeah. And maybe he wasn't given a choice and it was just given a number, yeah. Well, no, because uh, it felt like they waited to give him the number till what, till Greenwood, till the Greenwood thing was resolved. And I mean, obviously, before Greenwood, it was Martial, but before that, it was Giggs. Yeah. It's just. Yeah, maybe maybe just retire on that one, lads. <laughs> All right, so let, let's talk about a few moments of controversy. The Garnacho 110 hard said after the game that it, they used the wrong angle and he wasn't offside. I haven't seen another angle that would suggest that. I mean, it's so it's, marginal anyway, it's ridiculous, but I haven't seen another angle that would counteract the VAR. So. I mean, I think that once you say we can judge this exactly, when it's tight, the margin is always going to be ridiculous. Because shit's close. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with the margin being ridiculous. Because if you know, let's assume for a second that it's a fact that it was offside. I don't think it was, but let's say it was. Then it doesn't matter what the margin is because it's a margin. So even if you had a buffer, right, why would you do that if you knew that you were allowing something that was offside to be onside? And also, if you had a buffer, it would still come down to the margin of the buffer could be it could be marginal so I don't again mind it's, that. it's still binary isn't it so yeah, yeah. and it's still tiny yeah if it's, if it's close so but what i do wonder is is the technology able to know to pinpoint exactly when the ball departed contact with foot well and that's what the automated offside is supposed to do and which the Premier League they said no to it, and they're still hand-drawing these lines based on whatever frame they think is best and whatever angle they think is best. And, it, it, yeah, it's, we get ones like those. It, it clearly changed the game. We went from a huge high to a low, and Arsenal putting us under pressure, like, in moments. So, for sure, there's a marginal call. What we should say, though, is it was a brilliant finish. And when he runs through... You no, know he's going to score. Yeah, I mean, no I doubt. Knew he was, yeah. I knew yeah. he was going to score because my mate Biko <laughs> messaged me celebrations before that <laughs> actually happened. So I, I'm probably not the best person to judge that level of certainty. But but yeah, it was because you could see like go runs through. He's so composed. He looks at the keeper. His eyes. He doesn't with the eyes. The keeper thinks yeah. he's going the other way. Um, and it was a it was a really good finish. And his his composure in those situations is better than. Possibly everyone else who plays for us. Yeah, I think so. I think so. The, the other controversial call Ten Hag called out was he said there was a foul on Hoyland for, I mean, I guess that's the one where he's sort of turning and backing in. Don't know. Yeah, Don't know. It didn't, didn't seem and that's like one that's, to me. that's not enough. If, if they look to VAR, even if they'd be given that on the pitch, I'm not sure you're getting that in the same way that when the, the penalty that they had chalked off, when I saw it, like in a replay, I thought, well, that's not a penalty. I, I didn't think they'd overturn it. But then the more times you watch it, the more you think 
there's no foul here. I mean, there definitely wasn't a foul. He's moved his leg. The left leg moves out in order to catch the player, which, of course, strikers have been doing forever. I was surprised they overturned it only because I didn't think the VAR would go, OK, that's reached the high enough threshold. I mean, inevitably, once they send the referee to the screen, that's that's pretty much the signal that is going to get changed. But that one, I mean, I think once you see once he's seen it, he you can't persuade yourself that that's a foul. No, it just because it so it is a even though it looks like it's almost a foul, then you watch it in real time and you think it's probably a foul. When you actually see what happens, you cannot convince yourself it's a foul, and therefore it satisfies that high standard of clear and obvious because it is obvious that it is not a foul. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Ten Hag mentioned anything about the. I mean, he was he. It's 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 almost impossible to decipher what he was saying. I think he was a little emotional. Uh, and so he was rolling the Hoylands, the offside, and the Johnny Evans thing all into one. And I, I wasn't quite sure what he was actually talking about. So I don't know whether he was calling that a foul as well on Johnny Evans, but he mentioned it. If you just, I think, yeah, it's sort of like if you add them all together, then we should have got one of those decisions. Yeah, otherwise. that's right. <laughs> yeah. And he was wearing a cardigan again when he said it. It's just, yeah, Crime. don't do that. Crime. <laughs> all right. Well, look, it's it's fucking disappointing, uh, and especially with United away at Brighton next. It's uh, it's going to be. Cr- I mean, United are always one game away from a crisis, but lose to Brighton, and there's every chance that that will happen because because Brighton are playing really well at the moment. Then there really will be a crisis, and the pressure will be on, and it should be as well because this is now very much Ten Hag's team. Even if he's been left short, even if the deal should have all been done earlier, even if they shouldn't have done the trolley dash on the last day again. Um, it's very much his team, so pressure now. Got to deliver. I'm not. I mean, I'm, it is annoying that we have a difficult game next. It has to be said that is because we just just a nice, easy home game is really is really what you want. Like get higher than the goal, that kind of thing. But you can just putting just putting Highland in that team just just makes such, such a difference. difference. Yeah. And so oh yeah, his- I, I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, just just him backing into players, holding the ball up, it not just bouncing off them, running, running like channels, really, man, oh. running channels, what like, he's so direct. He's a big fucking bastard as well. Just all of that, all of that, love it, brilliant. Just and when he was fit, asked, him in the team. yeah, when he was asked what he brings United, he said hard work and. Willing to die for the die for the gate show, whatever he said, like words to that effect. And it's like that's sort of the answer I wanted to hear because the talent either is or isn't. And whatever he says about it is not going to make any difference to it. But what is going to make a difference to it? Are those two things. Yeah. Are you are you prepared to do what you've got to do? And it, it feels like it feels like he is. Yeah. Well, Ten Hag had questioned the player's attitude after earlier this season. You know, I. I I don't know whether that's it or not. It shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. It felt more like a lack of fitness. But he questioned their attitude. Don't think you can question Hoyland's attitude in that 20 minutes he got. He he looked good. He looked hungry. He looked hard. He's going to work hard. And he'll go away to international break now. like the logic from this. Yeah, he really does. Terrible haircut, <laughs> honestly. It's just so bad. Uh, but he'll go away, get some minutes with Denmark, come back fit, I hope. And so, yeah, touch wood, touch everything that he doesn't get injured again. He hopefully uh, plays for Denmark. We could do... We yeah, could he do could really do with it. Getting some foot. On which yeah. point, did you see what Tenaf said about Sancho? 
Yes, I was going to bring that up. Uh, he said uh, he, was, he wasn't he was included on the basis of his training performances. You have to give it all of the time. And then Sancho posted. Have you Did you read what Sancho's posted not. in response? No. So this is him on Twitter. I, I'm assuming I haven't. This is his, yeah, yeah, real account, not fake. Please don't believe everything you read. I will not allow people saying things that are completely untrue. I conducted myself in training very well this week. I believe there are other reasons for this matter that I won't go into. I've been a scapegoat for a long time, which isn't fair. All I want to do is play football with a smile on my face and contribute to the team. I respect all the decisions that are made by the coaching staff. Hmm. Doesn't sound like he does. I play with fantastic players. I'm <laughs> grateful to do so, which I know every week is a challenge. I'll continue to fight for this badge no matter what. This is a fucking mess, this is. I, I mean, I, I, a few people had dropped me a message saying they were trying to sell him in the summer and they were looking at alternatives, so... I'm absolutely sure that they would have taken an offer for him. I think that with reluctance, because he's got ability, and Ten Hag likes yeah. the ability that he has, but the fact that he didn't pick him, even when we didn't have a centre-forward, so we had to play Rashford in the middle... And he played more than anyone in pre-season and played quite well. Yeah, yeah. Tells you that ultimately the manager doesn't fancy him. And what he said here is either the beginning of him trying to get rid of him or like a last resort, given that we know that, Ten, that Sancho had struggles last season. And on the face of what we saw from the outside, Ten Hag was treated him with sympathy and empathy and looked after him. Gave him three months yeah. off to go and get yeah. fit, get his head right, whatever the problem is. And it felt like this probably this is sort of a last resort. I'm you're not in the team, but yeah, yeah. the problem with Sancho is similar problem with Maguire. Ultimately, massive there might wages, be some takers, massive fees. Who's, yeah, who's paying you three fifty a week or whatever it is? Who, I don't know. I mean, you get screwed three times when you pay a mega fee and mega wages, and it's not the right player because you. It's everything you outlaid. It's everything you need in order to get back your FFP costs. And it's the wages you can't get off the books. So And the shite performances on the pitch. And the shite performances. So for... And, and that's when... Of course, when it works out, it's fine. It doesn't matter what you pay and what you pay the players, basically. Although Dave obviously skewed things for a while. But when it doesn't work out, you are absolutely burdened. And United are still paying the price for the Ed Woodward era. And and to some extent, the Arnold Murtagh era as well. I mean, the fact that... I, I mean, I guess Anthony won't be on like 300k a week, but the fact that United paid £90 million for him sets the benchmark. You know, other teams, probably Atlanta, Atlanta, not Atlanta, were looking at that this summer when United were negotiating for, for Hoyland. So I think that's part of it. But also, desperation stinks. And yeah. that's another part of it. They can smell it. But also, if you've got clubs that want to keep these players and don't need to sell them, then yeah. that will also have an impact on the price. It's different sure. in that. Uh, Atlanta, Atlanta are always going to sell, of course. But yeah, no, no. Just... But what I'm saying, they know they could if they keep Hoyland for another year and have another year of him, he's they probably can worth sell more. Him. Yeah, yeah, and probably yeah. for more. So yeah. unless he has a career-ending or threatening injury, it, it, they don't have to. Unless financially they're pressed, they don't have to sell him. And also, they think that you know, United. He's United's only real choice. They think they're getting the blue chip striker. Then that—that's what you got to pay. It's not and the Highland deal because it's also a centre forward and they go for more money. It wasn't one of those that made me think, "What on earth is going on?" Which was what I thought when I saw that Cole Palmer deal. Yeah, and I thought, "What on earth is that?" And I saw Burnley paying thirty-one point five million pounds for Ian Matson. 
<laughs> yeah, well, were ones that really made me think, what on earth is going on? I understand nothing. There's, there's some, I mean, I'm guessing there's, there's such a strong halo effect from the fact that at youth level, Chelsea and City have been excellent and United have not. So yeah, shit stinks. The, 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 like yeah, desperation. It's slightly differently. <laughs> yeah. But desperate shit smells even worse than shit and desperation. And well, look, we, we talked on the last pod a lot about the transfer market stuff, did a wrap. The one deal we didn't get to. Because it came after we recorded, was Mason Greenwood to Hetafe on a loan. No loan fee, United paying almost all of his wages. Uh, Get away, this... sounds, like, sounds like words he's heard before. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah. Just, just, I, I just had one of those moments. I was like, oh, God's sake, football man. I mean, this is Hetafe, who were like one of the first Spanish clubs to say that. Rubiales had had to go. They were one of the first to speak out in support of Jenny Hermoso, uh, and then they've signed Mason Greenwood. The I, can't, I don't know how to square that circle. Obviously, football has a way of pointing out which player, which people are of value and which are not, and that's they made it really clear there. And then the other thing that I started to think when I saw it go through is it clearly couldn't play for United because of the pushback from fans. But the fact that he's now going abroad with his wife and new baby, the complainant, the victim, alleged victim, and she's going to be away from her family and support structures with a potential abuser, I was like, Christ almighty. I hope she's all right. Grim. <laughs> yeah, that's grim. But even now, like, I guess I'm prepared. I said I wouldn't talk about this shit when, it, like, when there's a possibility you might play for us. But I also just don't understand why Ten Huff is willing to make himself such a prick for someone who hasn't played in so long, who's shown no inclination to play in the kind of manner that Ten Huff wants. But if Mason Green were pressing, just sounds unlikely. And I don't, I, I don't know. It just the whole thing is appalling, and that's even. I mean. And we've still got Anthony playing for us, who's also been accused of some behaviour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There were there was a report in a newspaper a couple of weeks ago saying there would be a formal complaint made to the police in England, which hasn't happened so far, and that they were putting together some kind of dossier, which I don't doesn't seem like it's been sent or not. So it's really hard to say anything about that one. All we've had are reports in the newspaper abroad. And no actual police complaint yet. So, like, who knows what is going on with that one? But none of it's good luck, is it? No, no, it is not. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know where we, where, where we go from this. But, I mean, I think what it comes down to is you... And obviously, we don't know exactly what's happened with Anthony, so I'm not going to prejudge that. But, again, we've talked about this before, that our starting position as human beings is to believe women in the same way that, yeah... But just on the just human decency, I think that the evidence, human decency, allied to the fact that the evidence tells us that there are far more rapes and sexual assaults that happen that are not convicted upon than there are women who make this up. 
by many, yeah. many orders, many hundreds of magnitude. To one. And I'm not into, yeah, exactly. And I'm not into this, well, now I've got a daughter or my mum's a woman and therefore, but if your wife, your daughter, your sister, your mum came to you and said, this happened to me, no, it didn't, would not be what you said. So when someone else's wife, daughter, mother, whatever, comes and says that, to say, no, it didn't, just because the person accused happens to play for your bestest ever football team, makes you a prick. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really that simple. Yeah, I think, I think that's absolutely right. Yeah. All right. Why haven't we covered? Game, uh, transfers. Are we going to do, do, are we going to do regular on Amrabat and Champions League in backers? Well, Reglan and uh, Amrabat, we talked a little bit about on last uh, the midweek show. Tom and I did the rap, but <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't help but laugh today. Uh, United had, you know, how they every player signings a marketing opportunity, but yeah, they've got a box on <laughs> manunited.com say get your Reglan number fifteen shirt here. I'm just wondering how many between zero and zero sales they get of that actual shirt because <laughs> I'm going to say <laughs> say it's going to be about zero. <laughs> So. There will maybe there'll be some zany individual or or something, but I mean Regulon, he 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 looked like a good player when we lost to Sevilla that time. In, he looked like a good player when he was twenty, yeah, yeah. So and he he can attack, but he's he's not great. He's not great at the back, so <laughs> I, I I don't I don't know how that's going to go. Amrabat is one of those where it feels like if he makes us more solid. So let's say you play with him and Casemiro and Bruno. If you make this team solid, then with the players that are in front, you should score quite a lot of goals. And you should, should not do. concede. Yeah. You should not yeah. concede too many either. So I don't know if Amrabat's going to be someone who's good enough for us. But what I think he's good at is he's good at carrying the ball and he's good at passing Distribution, the ball. yeah. And that should keep it down the other end. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't hate that... this. I don't hate it. And also the fact that they've done this as a loan with an option, although they've probably spent about 10 million euros extra to do that. It's not horrendous. Uh, no, just a few things he... that he, he's had no kind of career, really. Uh, and no kind of. When was the last time he played a game oh, since the Conference League final? How often has he played? So there's no reason. Well, he When's he going to yeah. be available? When's he available? Yeah. No idea. He's, he's not been on strike. Writing game, is he? No, he's not even been training. I don't know whether he's going away in Morocco or not, whether they've got some games, so it'd be very helpful if there were. So, yeah, look it up, yeah. I, I mean, I'm look, there are plenty of reservations about the player. I mean, the fact that he's really never played at any great level and, and the fact that he doesn't actually do a lot of defensive work, those are the reservations, I think, for me. But the fact that he can pass the ball, the fact that he does have legs and energy and he works hard, those are all great pluses. Uh, and the fact that it's a... It, United haven't di- dived into this with a mega contract and a mega fee, so we're not tied if it doesn't work. I think that uh, is those good. are all good things. <laughs> yeah, we can't we can't afford to waste money. We can't we, we absolutely cannot afford to waste money on a player for next season on an option where we don't know. The, yeah. the, the, the way it's been structured means that he has to play well to stay. Yeah. Morocco are playing Burkina Faso on Tuesday, so I guess he'll play in that. And in terms Hopefully. of defensive work, I know what you mean. But if he's helping you keep the ball down the other end, and he does, he's good at fouling and getting books as well. So he is doing a bit. Yeah, quite a, a lot of a lot of yellows. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I guess he's another one who, on the one hand, don't buy a player on the strength of the World Cup, but then on the other, Tenaf knows him from Utrecht. So, which is again like we're suspicious, obviously. 
But at the same time, it's not he's not picking it. He's not buying him on the strength of the World Cup because he knows him. He knows he, know, he knows what he can do. Man, if Ten Hag gets sacked United, they're absolutely fucked because <laughs> the entire squad are built for him. But maybe let's uh, t- touch wood. Yeah. But no, but the hope with Ten Hag getting sacked now is that the next manager is going to want to play in a similar style. Whereas previously we've gone through Moyes, who had set pieces, and to, to Van Sal, who had sideways passes, to Mourinho, who just had, I don't even know what, to Ole, who, wanted, who was counter-attack, yeah. to now someone who wants to play in the modern Position way. Football. Presumably, yeah. yeah, presumably whoever comes next is going to be something like that. And he's going to, if Tenough gets sacked in the next two years, he's going to inherit some good players. Okay, before we go, I guess we can't, leave without talking about the the takeover situation report in the mail on Sunday from the business desk desk not the sports desk um, and also kind of backed up by some serious people there the Glazers have decided not to sell they're looking apparently now for 10 billion which was the brand new number because it was it was five and then it was six and now it's 10 apparently I don't know about the details there but it's at least there's some credibility a lot more credibility with this one than there was with Custis in the sun saying the deal had been done and would be wrapped up. I didn't believe that for a, not a fucking microsecond. Uh, the Mail on Sunday one, I think it's got more credibility given who it's come from. Where do we I'm go from here? Think, I'm just still thinking about that Sancho message. That Sancho I, tweet that I had. That it, guy's not believing United. Like to me, that's like, how are you now playing for United in the near future? I don't get it. When the manager looks after you, I guess Ten Hag could have lied about where he was, but it felt like, as I said, he, he said it because he felt that it had to be said, probably because Sancho, he, in his opinion, Sancho needed to kick up the arse. So for him then to go and say that the manager's a liar and that he's, oh, all I want to do is take it with a smile on my face and contribute to my team, I'm afraid that in the level sport, like, that's not enough. Play football. I mean, I know you want to play football with a smile on your face, like that's that's very like that's very loud and audible. But it, it, it's it's not about smiling. <laughs> no, it's not. You can I mean, smile I, and come no, in last. I, mean, I, know, I, don't, I think I'm, I don't think I'm phrasing this well. It's you. It, it it's ultimately about what you put out on the pitch and for and your feet for your you're more absolutely entitled to want the things that you want, yeah. but. If all you want is to play football with a smile on your face and contribute, I'm afraid that at the very top level, elite sport is unforgiving and demanding, and that yeah. won't be enough. But uh, Pochettino used to say, I think he, it was him, that you're paid to train, not to play. And, I mean, Ten Hag is saying it in a different way. You've got... Yeah. Like, if he, you Ten Hag like, is demanding elite performance every single training session because that that provides elite performance and on the pitch. And if he's not doing either, Sancho, then he's fucked. And to and, and to call publicly call your manager a liar is <laughs> I will continue to fight for this badge no matter what. I'm afraid continue. It doesn't mean anything, does it? Yeah. No, it is not it doesn't what does continue mean? It suggests a previous course of dealing. And look, like I, I really like Sancho as a player. Like the good bits of him. He seems like a good boy. I like him as a guy. And I feel for him from what, for whatever he's gone through, but we have not seen him fighting for this badge. Does any Sancho's someone you might you bring him on if you need a goal against an inferior team, you bring him on. But does anyone seriously think that having Sam, bringing Sancho into that game makes any fucking difference to how the shit ends up? 
No, I suppose there's one school of thought that you might be able to say, well, he's a good use of the ball, but it's not like... No, he is. Chuck it he so. is, but in a game of that intensity, where is the course of dealing that tells us he would make a difference? I've not seen it. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, exist. Well, That's why it's I'm... a horrendous mess, and, and it's come a day after the transfer window closed. Or two days and as it's just, well. You, I mean, I go totally... I, I guess, like, trying to see it from the other from his perspective, if he doesn't see it like that, I understand why he feels slighted by what the manager says. But it also feels like, given the fact that you work for this guy, and if you have a genuine desire to continue playing for United, the way to sort this out, I'm afraid, is not like that. Not to attract more aggravation. It's to go yeah. and knock on the door. And if you want to get in the manager's face in his office, then do that. Yeah. But to do it on Twitter like that, it just it just doesn't feel like the right way of going about things. And if he's done it himself, I think that is a poor decision. And if he's been advised to do it, I think he's been poorly advised. Unless yeah. his agent is already thinking, well, let's make his position untenable and get him out of there in January. Or if he's told his agent to do that, I don't know. But You wouldn't do it, it now, though, the day after the window closed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Uh, I mean, I guess I guess he could be sold to Saudi Arabia or Turkey. I want, yeah, I want there to be, I want there to be an answer to this that exonerates Sancho. I do, but I'm trying to conjugate one in my mind, and I'm struggling. Yeah, well, there's the. It's going to be interesting uh, week and a bit away or whatever. It's, it's, I'm right in saying it's the international break now, right? And Brighton's after that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so interesting because he will not be going with the England squad. So he will be at Carrington with about three players and Ten Hag. There's going to be some interesting conversations happening, I imagine. What a mess. It's Let's hope Mount, Varane, Shaw, Mainu, Malassia. Who else is there? Martinez. <laughs> All get themselves fit. over the, uh, really Well, I mean, obviously Shaw and, Shaw and Mainu are out. Basically, till the new year, it sounds like mounts. Uh, My, is, no, really? Hang on, hang on. I thought Mainu was back in like next month. Mainly I don't know. J- yeah, and who knows? I mean, the United Medical staff will know. Just just one one of the injury accounts said December, but uh, who, I, I who thought knows? I yeah. thought ten off said like not September, but after that. I, I mean, yeah, fucking nuts that you can be out for that long because I'm falling on you from behind. But freak. Yeah, I but. Yeah, we're going to, I guess we, we should, I'd still expect us to be okay for top four. And if we get it together, we can, I still think we can be a threat in Europe. All right, talking of which, we're going to talk about Champions League in the backers content. Stay tuned for that, backers. Patreon.com forward slash NQAT pod if you want to support us. Everyone else, thank you very much for listening. Uh, backers will also get the video version. I haven't done it for the last couple of weeks. It's going to be super busy, but I will put this one up there. Thank you, everyone, and catch you soon. Please.